Well, welcome to this session with Grace Point Church. I want to welcome our church family as well as guests that have found us here on the internet in this session. Uh, well, Christmas holiday is just uh, shortly passed, and now we are embarking on a new year. And in our Christmas holiday, our advent up to Christmas, uh, we looked at the songs of Luke, the songs of the first two chapters of the recording of the history of the, of the birth of John the Baptizer and Jesus the Messiah. And in picking up that theme, I'm going to look at a song in the Old Testament today as we work our way towards New Year's Day. Uh, none of us will be sorry to see 2020 go, I'm sure. And uh, we look forward, we anticipate uh, 2021 and hope that it's going to be a better year for all of us. And we anticipate that and look forward to that. But we're going to go look at a song in the Old Testament, if you take your copy of Scripture and turn to Psalm 103, Psalm 103. And we will look at this psalm. It's a psalm of David. And, of course, we know that David was the, that David was the, the singer, the poet of Israel. And, uh, obviously, he became king, and God established his throne forever and ever. And the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ of the line of David, will fulfill that in the future. Uh, well, we come today to this passage, and I was thinking about the old year, the 2020 that we're in, and anticipating in a few days going into 2021. And I want to encourage you and call you to having a correct focus on your circumstances, on your life, and uh, what God is doing in your life. You know, I've worn corrective lenses since probably I was eight years old, and I've grown very used to them. In fact, I cannot function without my corrective lenses. But, you know, they've got to be the correct corrective lenses. They can't be anything but the ones that I need. And uh, so I brought some other lenses today, and uh, these lenses are not corrective lenses. In fact, they fuzz up everything and they look goofy. And uh, those lenses represent to me uh, the, what the world is trying to tell me. Uh, they represent to me these thick lenses. They represent uh, man's wisdom. They represent man's logic, pragmatism, individualism, consumerism, our own experience, and of course, our pride. And if we use those lenses, uh, we are going to be faced with the fact that we're not going to see clearly in 2021. And we need a correct prescription. We need the correct lenses uh, that represent a clear view of our present, of our past, and also of our future. Even though our, our future is quite uncertain, as we all know, uh, yet, there are things on the horizon which perhaps this year will come about and we will enjoy, such as vaccines for the pandemic uh, and all of that. So we are looking forward to that. And so there is this aspect where we hunger to have clarity in our lives. We hunger to uh, just really understand and have peace about where we're at. And I think this past year, at least it has shown me that in crisis time, it reveals character. Uh, crisis reveals character. And I think for many believers, as I've observed not only locally but on a national scale, uh, I think many believers are putting all their hope and trust into a political system, into science and medicine, putting their trust in things that ultimately will not benefit them in the eternal aspect of life. 
And so today I want to go to this song of David in Psalm 103. If you take your copy of scripture, we're going to learn some things about the fact that we can praise God and we cannot praise and curse at the same time. Isn't it interesting that uh, as I've seen people who call themselves Christians uh, get very angry and upset about the world situation, about other people, about other Christians, about government leaders, about the medical sciences, uh, it's interesting that uh, they're not praising God because it's impossible to praise God and curse our situations at the same time, and especially uh, cursing other people. And so Psalm 103 is a reminder. We're not going to look at this whole psalm. It's quite lengthy, this song. But we're going to look at the first five verses, and here there is a call to praise God. David is calling his own soul to praise God, and then he gives us the cause in verses 3 through 5. The call, and then the cause to praise God. If you take your copy of scripture and turn to Psalm 103, I will read the first five verses. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Heavenly Father, thank you for this psalm today and just this portion we will look at as we approach the new year. And Lord, none of us know what 2021 holds, and yet you do. And Lord, cause us to focus our eyes, to have the corrective lenses of Scripture influence and teach us today through the power of your Spirit that we would be a people who honor you, who exalt you, who praise you, who bless your holy name. And we thank you for each one viewing this session with Grace Point Church. We thank you for our church family. Thank you for our guests. And I pray that we all would sit under the teaching of your word and that we would all be challenged and comforted and exhorted to keep our eyes correctively fixed upon you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for this day. In Jesus' powerful name I pray. Amen and amen. If we were to look at the whole psalm, you notice that it's quite lengthy in, in my copy of scripture. It is, uh, let's see here, it's a, well, three columns, one, two, about two columns long and 20, 22 verses. And this is a psalm which there's a verse for every letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and that was a common function, and it helped people memorize the psalms when they would go through the Hebrew alphabet. And so this, uh, this song or this piece of Hebrew poetry written by David uh, comes to us. And if we were to break it down, there are five stanzas in this. Verses 1 through 5 is praise for blessings. 6 through 7 is praise for national blessings, 8 through 14 is praise for his forgiving love, 15 through 18 is praise for his eternal love, and 19 through 22, it's, call, it's a call for universal praise of God himself. And it actually is partnered with Psalm 104. Uh, some believe that both of these songs, 103 and 104, are really one long song or psalm, and so we see that. So we're not going to uh, take it all apart here this morning and look at each individual part. But I do want to emphasize as we approach the new year that we are called to praise God. 
David puts himself in this place right away where he says in verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And uh, he's not commanding you to bless the Lord, but this is what he's going to do. And he's going to give us reasons why he wants to do that. And so for each one of us, it's a cognitive decision that am I going to bless the Lord in my day-to-day life, no matter what I face, no matter the adversities and difficulties that are faced in our experience and in our world. Uh, He takes that phrase, and it's repeated numerous times in this psalm. In verse 1, bless the Lord. Verse 2, bless the Lord. And if you page over to the end of the psalm, verse 20, bless the Lord, all you angels. Verse 21, bless the Lord, all you hosts. Verse 22, bless the Lord, all you works of his. And then finally it ends, bless the Lord, O my soul. And then if you go on in Psalm 104, it continues this theme, this idea of blessing the Lord. So how do we bless the Lord? That is a very good question. I'm glad you asked that. Because we bless the Lord by praising him, by exalting his name. Uh, It means to praise him. It means to hold him high, to be lost in the wonder, the love, and the praise of who and what he is. And the hymn writer put it that way. It means to be occupied with him, so much so that you think about your relationship with God. And I trust today that you've believed in Jesus Christ for everlasting life. And if you have, you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you're a child of God. And we bless him by exalting his name. He alone is worthy of exaltation. That's why uh, the word awesome, it's thrown around very, uh, just generally used of all sorts of things. And so it's lost its meaning. And I, I try to reserve that word awesome or awesomeness to God alone because he alone is the one who is awesome. We also praise the Lord by forgetting none of his benefits. Notice again in verse 1, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Okay, everything about David is, he's saying, every fiber of my being, I will bless his name, I will praise him, I will exalt him. In verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and look at this, forget none of his benefits. Forget none of his benefits. Uh, It literally reads, do not forget all of his awards. He has given us, and we're going to see in a moment, the cause for praise, and you'll see five things there. But Charles Haddon Spurgeon said this about our memory, about remembering things where David said in verse 2, forget none of his benefits. Spurgeon wrote, memory is a very treacherous thing. By strange perversity, we treasure up the refuse of the past and permit priceless treasures to be neglected. Is that... uh, been an experience of your life this year, 2020. Uh, Perhaps it has. It's easy to get distracted, to be anxious, uh, to be angry, to be uh, scared, and all of those things in the current world situation. Spurgeon said, remember, memory is very treacherous by a severe, strange perversity. It treasures up the refuse of the past and permits priceless treasures to be neglected. Derek Kidner, who is a great commentator on the book of the Psalms, in fact, if you do buy commentaries for books of the Bible, I would encourage you to get Derek Kidner's uh, set of commentaries. But he talks about the word benefits here in verse 2, forget none of his benefits. Kidner says, the fact that to forget such things may have a deeper and subtler cause than just absent-mindedness 
It's brought out in the Chronicles when there's a comment made about King Hezekiah back in 2 Chronicles 32.25, where it describes Hezekiah as one who did not make return according to the benefit done to him, for his heart was proud. We have an indicator there that pride enters again the original sin. And Hezekiah was proud and he forgot God's benefits or he neglected them or willfully disposed of them. And so we see that. But we may say that, uh, you know, a person who forgets things, who forgets good done to them, what do we call that person? When, we, when you think of someone who you either give a gift to or you do something for them uh, and they don't return anything, they don't say anything, what do we say about them? We use the word ungrateful, don't we? Ungrateful. And that's the warning David is here. We don't want to be ungrateful. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, hold your finger in Psalm 103 and go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And uh, Paul writes here, uh, really a commentary on the 21st century, a commentary on our times, a commentary on our culture and society. And uh, he writes here, in verse 1, look at chapter 3, 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 1. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied his power, avoid such men as these. You know, I believe that the Apostle Paul, uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was not only talking about uh, the first century uh, where he was living, but he was talking about probably all times, but especially it seems like in our time, that those 19 things that are listed in 2 Timothy chapter 3, these sad and serious characteristics about our day and about the last days uh, are uh, terrible, treacherous things. And it says they had a form of godliness, but they denied its power. And as I look around at American Christianity, I see during this pandemic time and this year of political and social upheaval, I see people who named the name of Christ. They have a form of godliness, but they are denying his power because they're trusting in a political system. They want a political system or a, a, a president to save them. They're looking to all sorts of other things rather than the supremacy and the sovereignty of God. And in his providence, where he is working all things out at all times in all places for his glory and for the good of his people, we need to recognize and bow our knees to him and not to a political party, not to a per particular uh, idea about race, but we need to be, look at our, take our corrective lenses, take off those lenses we've been wearing this year and uh, focus on God's word and what he says. And in this uh, passage, uh, you know, when we think of ungratefulness, it's interesting that it's included in this whole list of 19 characteristics, sad and despicable characteristics. And uh, the word comes out of, really, its, its base word is grace. When we think of being grateful, that's being gracious. It is being giving favor to someone. But that little uh, word, word 
UN in front of grateful, ungrateful, it makes it a negative, unthankful, ungrateful. Commentator William Barclay uh, has said, the strange characteristic of ingratitude is that it is the most hurting of all the sins because it is the blindest of all sins. Did you catch that? The strange characteristic of ingratitude is that it is the most hurting of all sins because it is the most blindness of all sins. You know, all of us are ungrateful at time to time. And that's why we need the lens of Scripture to be reminded of why we should be grateful and thankful. Uh, there's a couple things, uh, reasons for ingratitude. You know, why are we like that? Why are we so ungrateful in uh, probably one of the most bounteous times in all of history? Uh, probably most of us are unaware of our own ingratitude. And yet, there's a couple of reasons uh, that are borne out in Scripture. First of all, it's because of God's continued kindness. Isn't that interesting? God's continued kindness. Luke 6.35 says, He is kind even though we are ungrateful. So God's continued bounty makes us increasingly dull and have an ungrateful spirit in our lives. We need to be aware of that and guard our hearts against ingratitude. You, can't not, you, you cannot be thankful and not grateful at the same time. It's all one package here. Another reason is because of our prosperity. I know uh, many people are suffering today, many people, small businesses, people who are unemployed, we don't feel very prosperous, but prosperity has a way of dulling our senses. And also prosperity uh, strokes a consumeristic mindset. In fact, our whole culture is full of consumerism. It's based on consumerism, but we carry that over into all areas of our lives. And so we're ungrateful when people don't respond or we don't get the product that we want to get. But C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Screwtape Letters, picked up this thought when he said, the long, dull, momentous years of middle-aged prosperity are excellent campaigning weather for the devil. And that is so true. And we've seen Satan do terrible things this year. Uh, the, the spiritual battle is real. And we see Christians at each other's throats. We see people trusting in the wrong things of, in the midst of adversity and difficulty. You know, these long uh, kind of difficult times are campaigning weather for the devil. Uh, perhaps we need to have a readjustment here. And so in verses 1 and 2, David has called himself, really. It's the call to bless the Lord, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. And so you ask the question, what should I be grateful for? Of course, each one of us can make lists. And I would encourage you to think about, okay, what is it that I've lost this year? What are the things I've lost? And for many, many people, uh, they've lost loved ones through this pandemic. Uh, but yet there are things that we need to be thankful for and, and, and praise God and grateful for his benefits. And so in verses 3 through 5, we have five benefits from God, five reasons to be thankful, to bless his name. Here is the reasons. The first one is God pardons us in his law court, in his law court. There's a picture here in verse 3, who pardons all your iniquities. God pardons us in the, his court of law. And that's what Jesus Christ has done for us. When his righteousness 
was imputed to us. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the moment you believed in him, Jesus Christ's righteousness was imputed to your account. And that's what's called justification. You are declared righteous. Not because of who you are or because of your good works, but because of Jesus Christ. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So that's the beginning point is to make sure that you have believed in Jesus. In other words, fully convinced uh, that he is the Savior and that he has a future and a hope for you. And so God is the one who pardons all of our iniquities. <clears throat> and you think about that. Uh, you know, I, I used to use the illustration that uh, we may think we're pretty good people. And that's kind of the argument from some I've talked to. But I just <clears throat> remind them that if we only committed three sins a day, <coughs> excuse me, which is hardly anything, imagine that over 70 years, how long of a rap sheet you would have at three sins a day. And we may not think that's a big deal, but the, the, the combined total of a lifetime, there's no one perfect, not one. Look at verse 10 of Psalm 103, where the psalmist writes <clears throat> about God. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. What a wonderful God. Because none of us deserve eternal life. Only God is providing it in his grace, unmerited favor. He has not rewarded us according to our iniquities. And look at verse 12 of this psalm. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. <coughs> so this aspect that they are for, we are forgiven, that we can have a grateful heart. And we think back to this past week, think back to this past year. And all of us have failings because we are still in sinful flesh. And yet, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have been redeemed. You have been forgiven. You have been pardoned in his law, law, course, in his law court. And so P.B. Bliss put in the music uh, in, in a hymn uh, for a close friend of his, Horatio Spafford, who said in this quoting that song, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but in whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Let us never forget the burden of the guilt of sin and that we've been pardoned from it. And that alone, that should be enough for us to bless the Lord, to remember that, to have the corrective lenses of what 2021 is going to bring us. Benefit number two is he heals us in his hospital. We move from the law court to the hospital. Look at the second part of verse three, where he says, Verse 3, he heals all your diseases. Now, this verse has been misused and uh, misapplied uh, to think that if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're never going to be physically sick. Uh, that's not what it's talking about. Evidently, the psalmist has been rescued from illness and problems. And ultimately, this is pointing to the fact that when you are ill physically, uh, that uh, God, any healing, and he uses medical science to do that, your doctors and others, Lord, that uh, he takes care of us, and, uh, but eventually we do physically die. 
and he's not rescuing us from uh, the threat of physical death. And this, uh, so this past year, when we think about it, uh, if you've not had COVID, praise God. Uh, if you haven't recovered, praise God that uh, he is using that in your life. Uh, he's talking about uh, he's the one who heals our bodies. He's the one who heals our diseases. And ultimately, you know, the ultimate healing is being raised from the dead. And uh, Jesus Christ has promised that, that we will be absent from the body, present with the Lord. If you're a believer in Christ, uh, you have a future and a hope in him and heaven. And so we thank God and praise God that he does heal us in his hospital. And then thirdly, the third benefit is God redeems us from the slave market. He moves from the, the, the law court to the hospital to the slave market. Look at verse 4, the first part of verse 4, where he says, Who redeems your life from the pit. He redeems your life from the pit. Uh, this is the picture of the pit is literally the word means being ruined to be in destruction or corruption He redeems your life from corruption. This is a reference to the moment of salvation. If you believed in Jesus Christ at vacation Bible school when you were five years old that moment your life was redeemed from the pit. Others of us believed later in life and at that moment our lives were redeemed from the pit. It is salvation. And you can never be lost. The Bible says that we were headed for the pit. It's a, it's a metaphor for Sheol or hell. And the prophets write, we are never to forget the pit from which we have been dug. What a perfect picture of a lost estate. Uh, some time ago, a man prayed that, oh, Lord God, help me never to forget what it was like to be outside of Christ Jesus. Have you ever prayed that? You know, it's easy to forget. Some of us have been believers in Jesus Christ for so long that we've forgotten what it was like before we believed in him for everlasting life. And we can't remember what life was like, and that's really a shame. And we need that constant reminder that we're no longer who we used to be, that God has rescued. This is the ultimate miracle, second to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that he saves anybody, and he opens up our eyes to the truth. I think some newer Christians among us, that's why I love uh, rubbing shoulders with people who've just believed in Jesus for everlasting life, because they have vivid memories, and they know what they've been rescued from. The psalmist says, I've been redeemed from the pit, but not only that, he crowns us with loving kindness and compassion. Benefit number four, God crowns us in his throne room. We've moved from the law court to the hospital to the slave market and now to his throne room. Look at verse 4b. Who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. There's this idea of just blessing and blessing. Look at verse 8 of this psalm also. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. Look at verse 13. The father has compassion on his children. The Lord has compassion on those who fear him. He himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. In this aspect, he has crowned us with loving kindness and compassion. And this is perfection from God himself. Loving kindness is the Hebrew word hesed. It is such a rich word and it's comparable to grace in the New Testament, that unmerited favor of God and compassion, and these things never end. He is loving, kind, and he is compassionate to us. 
So we move from the throne room into the banquet hall in verse 5. God satisfies us. This is the fifth benefit. God satisfies us with good in his banquet hall, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like an eagle, satisfies us in his banquet hall with good things. Uh, This is like a beautiful banquet, and actually it's a picture of the church will have the marriage supper of the Lamb. They will be the bride of Christ, and there will be this marriage supper. I don't know what that looks like, but I do know that God has promised to bring us all together in these things. David wrote, he satisfies abundantly your ornament with good. In other words, you are blessed in that day. We think of the year of head and the year that we've gone through. We recognize that God is faithful and he is compassionate. His loving kindness didn't end. He is continuing to work everything out for his glory and for your good. Uh, And that ornament is satisfying to our spirit. It is a benefit. It is a blessing. Imagine being crowned in the throne room and satisfied in this great banquet hall with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying that God is Lord God is to be praised in this passage. He makes our life enjoyable, satisfying, free, enthusiastic. That's the thought. How true, O Lord, how good he is, how wonderful he is. We can't describe it all because we just need his word in this. These verses, we have the law court. He pardons all of our iniquities. We have the hospital. He heals all our diseases. We have the slave market, redeems your life from the pit. We have the throne room, for he crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. And we have the banquet hall, for he satisfies your spirit with good things. (laughs) So there is this call to praise the Lord, to bless the Lord, to exalt him, to praise him forever and ever. And then these are the reasons. And in 2021, we think about that. We think about... Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. If we're focused on his benefits, we're not going to be derailed and distracted by the difficulties of our day, whether it's political or or relational, whatever those things are, when we're focused on him and his grace. So as we contemplate his life to us, may we bow our heads together and think about these things and really praise him and bless his holy name. Before I pray, I just want to say a couple of things. Uh, there, in this pandemic, uh, as we have lived in it, through it, and we are continuing on in this new year, whatever that brings, whether it's vaccinations and release from uh, the, the, the things that hinder our day-to-day life. But I was thinking about, I know there are many of you that are uh, really concerned about small businesses that are having difficult times, whether they be restaurants, coffee shops, retail outlets, uh, and and you have friends that are uh, proprietors of those things. And I was thinking about uh, this week, uh, perhaps in the new year, as you think about your favorite restaurant, your favorite coffee shop, uh, those places that you would normally go and spend some money. This is a place where you can put your faith on the line and you can say, You know, I appreciate those people so much that I am going to go and what I normally would spend in a month at that restaurant, I would give them that money. I mean, not expecting anything in return. That would be a gracious act to do. I thought of that and thought about what a wonderful thing. And not just to go get takeout, you know, that you're getting a product, but really a gift 
and explain to them as you have opportunities because of Christ. It's because of what Jesus Christ has done in my life that I can do this, and he has blessed me. Or we can do it with neighbors. If neighbors, if your neighbors are unemployed, uh, if there's difficulties there, that we can meet them where they're at and do what we can. And so I'd encourage you to do so and just allow the light of Christ to shine through your life. Well, let me pray uh, this morning as we complete this time. And next week, we'll look at how to walk in the new year. We're going to talk about the very basic steps of faith and how we're going to walk in the new year. So let's pray. We have reviewed the benefits of God. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, uh, not our benefits, but your benefits that you've given to us. And there are some, perhaps, in hearing of this session and watching this session, have never known life outside of the pit. They may not recognize it, uh, but they don't understand that. And you, know, you are just so loving, kind, and compassionate. And Heavenly Father, uh, you have sent worth your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, it's not just optional, but if we think about him, If we believe in him for everlasting life, uh, we will have everlasting life because you've promised that. And I pray for those watching today and listening to this message that uh, they would make this day the day of their salvation, that they would believe in you for everlasting life. And Lord, you know, and your word declares that none of us can remain neutral concerning you, Lord Jesus. And so we praise you and thank you for your name, for your salvation. And we opened, you opened heaven to us, and you died in our place and gained the victory over sin and death, rose again to the right hand of the Father. And Lord, we look forward to that day where we will see you face to face. And I pray for each one that you would remind us of your benefits in our lives and remind us in 2021 that even though our future is uncertain, you know the future and we can trust you with it. And may we be a people of grace and gratitude and loving kindness. In Jesus' powerful name I pray. Amen and amen. Well, as we approach the new year, pray that your week is good and that you'd see the benefits, see his blessings. Go in God's grace. Be blessed.